Welcome to the Cinema Man Podcast. I'm your host, John Murphy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Hurdle. How's it going, brother? Oh, today we are going to be taking a look at the 1989 action sports movie, No Holds Barred, directed by Thomas J. Wright and starring Hulk Hogan, Tommy Lister, and Joan Severance. If this is your first time joining us, uh, what we typically do is start off with a review of the movie. And then we follow that up with our very own awesome awards called the Spice Awards. And uh, finally, we will hit a section called Did You Know? And that is where we go through some interesting facts, a.k.a. possibly fake news, about the movie we found on the Internet. Uh, This is a spoiler-full podcast, so if you've never seen the movie, and you'll want to see this one before you listen to this podcast. If you have never seen the movie and you don't want to be spoiled, pause this episode, go watch the movie, and come back. Um, I also want to give a special shout-out to our listeners. Uh, We have gotten some listeners from Ireland, Canada, Australia, the United States, and we appreciate every one of you guys for listening to this podcast. And then we had to go and mess it up by doing No Holds Barred. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. They'll have to listen to see what uh, what we thought of it. <laughs> um, it's a classic. A cult classic, some would say. And others would say not a classic. Or just a classic. Or not even a movie. <laughs> uh, so, one of the first things that we usually do is read the plot synopsis from IMDb. But you know what? There was not a plot synopsis for this movie. So I decided to (laughs) make my own. Here it is. A balding wrestler gets caught up in a pissing match with a Neanderthal. (laughs) Anybody? Anybody? So, you know, you know, I wonder if you can edit IMDb entries because you got to add that synopsis in there. (laughs) I mean, I mean, it might just be as good just... <laughs> as some of the other ones we've read. It it's very concise and it sort of is what the movie's about, yeah, but not really. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Matt, do you would you like to give a real synopsis or what your take on the movie? You know, you know, I'll do my best, but uh, I, I have to say this is not going to be an easy thing to do. So uh, you're going to have to bear with me a little bit. So, the synopsis of the masterpiece that is No Holds Barred. Um, The movie opens up into a wrestling match in which Hulk Hogan, uh, whose name is Rip the Ripper, uh, Mm -hmm. and uh, he's going up to the ring with his manager and his uh, little brother. Um, He gets into a fight. He wins. He does great. Uh, Well... It's a wrestling. It's a wrestling match, by the way. I think everyone probably is aware that this is a wrestling movie, um, but <laughs> if you're not, um, this is definitely a uh, wrestling, or as some people like to say, wrestling movie. Um, yep. WWF at the time, F. WWE now uh, were the people who put this on. Um, Hogan, Hulk Hogan, of course, the famous American wrestler, stars in it, um, and. Uh, yeah, so that's very important to know going into this. So uh, we open up wrestling match. Uh, Hogan, his brother, his manager, 
they win. Everything's great. Everyone's happy. He's the champion of the world. Uh, cut to a bunch of executives, and these executives we're going to get to talk about. They are um, there's some characters. Let me tell you, but these executives work for another network that does not have um, whatever the wrestling foundation is that Ripper wrestles on, and they're jealous because they're not number one in the ratings, and so they decide that they have to get Ripper uh, wrestling on their channel. And uh, that's a hard thing to do, though, because Ripper has a contract with his current network and he would never betray them because he's nothing but the picture of integrity. Uh, and, and so the CEO of this network, uh, who does not take no for an answer, uh, invites Ripper over, um, asks him to join. Ripper says no. Uh, CEO loses his temper. Um Ripper like chokes him out while grunting like an animal and uh, then leaves. Well, apparently um, there was a backup plan in place because as he was leaving, the uh, limo driver kidnaps him and takes him to a warehouse where he's jumped by a bunch of the network's hired mafia thugs, I think. Uh, anyway, Hogan blows the roof off of the limousine with his pure manly strength um, beats up everybody in the warehouse and leaves. Well, finally, after this happens, the CEO guy is like, okay, I get the picture. So he goes looking for something else that would bring ratings to the network. And they go into this kind of dive bar where they're doing essentially bare knuckle fighting, um, cage match style fighting. Think, you know, the Kumite, but way less organized and a lot more crazy. Um, the CEO, uh, falls in love with this idea and decides to make a show around it. So he eventually, he basically winds up inventing the tough man competition. If, if you are old enough to remember those, um, except there are no rules. So he invites anybody to come and participate. They all sign up. They fight. Whoever wins gets a hundred thousand dollar check and he airs it. And, uh, in the middle of the first night, uh, during one of the matches, um, some crazy bulldozer of a man with the most intense unibrow you'll ever see uh, knocks down one of the walls of the building and comes in and decides to fight, and nobody can touch him. And in a very stiffly moving, awkward fight scene, he beats all the tough guys. He winds up becoming undefeatable. Um, we later find out that this guy... Uh, was trained by Hulk Hogan's trainer, but the trainer had to let him go because he was crazy. He was out of control and he killed somebody in the ring. And so he had to go to jail and serve time for it. Um, and now he's just like this animal person. And so CEO decides to get what he wants by humiliating Ripper with the new wrestler. Uh, he challenges him and they do the whole, you know, oh, you're too scared to fight me. Ha ha ha. And it doesn't work. And so then they kidnap and almost kill his brother. They corrupt and double agent this lady who works at the network that he does. And she feels bad about it. And there's a weird scene with them in a bedroom. And then finally Hulk has enough when they... Did they? I think they paralyzed his brother. 
Yep. Yeah, so his brother gets paralyzed by Zeus, and so Hogan, or sorry, Rip, has enough, and so he agrees to the big fight. We have the giant fight, and uh, after a very strange fight, Hogan wins, defeats Zeus, and the day is saved. That is that movie. Yeah. So this movie, I can't decide if it is just really, really bad, or if it's so bad it's back on the other side of good. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are some funny moments in this movie. There are some entertaining moments in this movie. (laughs) Um, And I, I think the reason I struggle with whether it's meant to be bad is the fact that Nothing in the movie is really taken... I mean, a few things are taken seriously, and there are obviously some serious things that they're trying to tackle, like the brother getting paralyzed and the love interest almost getting raped and um, stuff like that. Um, but then the uh, the acting is just so bad. The plot makes no sense. It is clearly trying to be this mishmash of, like, Rocky and Bloodsport and a few other movies that I can think of that just all mixed into into one pot, you know? <clears throat> um, but it doesn't do any of those things very well. Uh, and so I would say this is a movie that I cannot recommend, but uh, it is, for my taste, it would be one that I would watch just kind of to make fun of it. I guess uh, (laughs) to uh, sum it up, this is a horrible movie um, with some funny parts. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I like it. We can get into the details in a moment once you give your review. All right. So my review, Um, you know, I, I had to think a lot before coming to this part because I don't it's hard to know if I liked this movie or not and I know that sounds like a bad thing but the reason it was hard is because of all the reasons John said like the movie's bad everything's overacted um it's hard to tell like who this movie's targeted at because there's silly like jokes that you would tell eight-year-old kids but then there's also scenes where like blood's coming out of people's mouths and there's people who wear hats that have cuss words on them. Um, there's like electrocutions and death. And it's like, who is this aimed at? You know, <laughs> but the more I think about it and the more I revisit it and the more I look at scenes that I, I watch and I'm thinking about them and remembering them. I, I liked this movie. It's um, it's it's a bad movie, but I think this is firmly in the so bad it's good. Um, the over <laughs> the overacting is just ridiculous. The the clothes that the people are wearing are just so, just they're just crazy. Um, there's parodies of other movies in here if you know what you're looking for. Um, it, it's almost like watching a wrestling match. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. 
you uh, you watch one of these, you know, and I mean like an old '80s wrestling match where you've got, you know, uh, what like like characters like the Booty Man and uh, <laughs> <laughs> like the Nasty Boys and and all these ridiculous, over the top, just personalities uh, doing everything that nobody would ever do in reality, but they're all doing it for a big show and it's all just a big fun thing, right? Like that's that's what this feels like to me. Um, don't watch this expecting it to be an award-winning production. <laughs> don't expect to have your heart touched when, uh, you know, <laughs> poor Rick gets paralyzed by Zeus. Um, <laughs> expect to be like, what the heck am I watching? What is this? What is going on? If you, if you look at it that way, this movie is a lot of fun. And that, that's where I'm landing after a lot of thought, a lot of, just looking at it, reviewing scenes and thinking about it. Um, this movie's fun. And so watch it. If you're in the mood for something just ridiculous, B movie, silly, bad acting, just goofiness. Right. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, stay away if this isn't, if that's not your thing, because you're going to hate it. Yeah. uh, I think I agree. Um, and we can talk in detail about what makes this movie good, even though it's a pile of crap. Mm-hmm. And one of the examples is the humor. Like, mm-hmm. yes, you mentioned, you know, this movie, who knows who it was targeted towards? We don't know. I mean, I think the target may they have, may have said it was like 13-year-olds or something, but that's still a little young for... Some of the stuff, I think, maybe that they tried to put in here. But, uh, for instance, um, one of the classic scenes in the movie is <laughs> the Dookie scene. If the And Dookie I'm scene. sure I've, I've seen that clip, and I didn't even know what this movie was uh, at the times. But mm-hmm. um, just a, <laughs> a very out-from-left-field, hilarious scene where... Um, Hulk Hogan makes a guy crap his pants. He's so scared. Um, uh, And then you have the wrestling scenes, which are done really, really well. I mean, if you watch those and you've seen any kind of wrestling, it'll feel familiar. It'll feel like you're watching uh, Monday Nitro or whatever. It makes sense. Most of these actors are wrestlers, right? That's, That's them doing what they do for a living. But they clearly put enough thought and care into the movie to make those uh well done um so it's a mixture of some really done really well done wrestling scenes and then just some really kooky nonsense comedy that (laughs) i mean it really does feel like whoever wrote this um had the mindset of like a, a young adolescent or something. Yeah, it, 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 that's exactly right. It feels like a like a teenage boy wrote this movie. Like a big wrestling fan, though, because there's not really a lot of guns. There's a few guns, but for the most part, it's just people beating each other up. And this movie clearly uh, took homage from other movies. Uh, Rocky is the one that stuck out the most to me just because it is the Rocky trope of a good guy who's really strong Mm -hmm. uh, goes up against really bad guy who's also really strong and 
good guy prevails because he is uh, has more willpower or has the uh, the family attachment. It, he wants to survive. He wants to win. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Um, there, uh, you know, there was a very um, very big nod to Crocodile Dundee in this movie. Oh, there was. Yeah the uh, the dinner scene. Um, he goes on a date. Hogan does with this lady who I think is the one that turns on him in the, mm-hmm. in the end. But they go to this fancy restaurant and uh, he sits down and this waiter comes up and the waiter is like, oh, madame, and starts speaking in French. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry, monsieur, but we do not serve cheese burgers. We do not have, uh, you know, French fries being all snooty to Hogan. And uh, it was, it was just like the scene where, you know, uh, they go to the restaurant Hogan and, uh, and it, the I can't remember her name now, but the lady and her boyfriend and they go they're all sitting down at dinner and they're kind of making fun at uh, Crocodile Dundee and he winds up punching the dude in the face, you know. <laughs> yeah. The, the difference here is that uh, the all the cooks and the people in the back come out and they see Hogan and they're like, "Oh, it's our friend!" And they're like, "Would you like the usual?" And he like speaks in French to him and the the waiter who was being a jerk is kind of embarrassed, but. Um, that felt very crocodile Dundee to me. <laughs> okay, a lot to unpack there. So, <laughs> the character's name, the lady, is Samantha N. Moore. Mm-hmm. Samantha N. Moore. Mm-hmm. Get it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. point Looks, number one. Samantha, Samantha right. and Moore. Ooh la la. Uh... And Hogan obviously has a thing for her. They go into the restaurant. Wonder, this is a restaurant. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm wait, sorry to wait. interrupt you, but I wonder if that's a pussy galore. Maybe. Reference. It could be. I I was just thrown off completely by when they. <laughs> wasn't she? Didn't she kind of do the back and forth thing too? Like she was the double agent and then she came back to be on Bond's side. Oh, yeah. So maybe maybe we just found something. Maybe that's a character reference there. It's another homage to another movie. Yeah. <laughs> Very likely. Um, so they go into this restaurant. This is a cathedral. Yeah, the first thing you see. It's a church. The first thing you see is a, a glass-stained <laughs> portrait of Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's like a balcony <laughs> where obviously the organ is. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, hat. Does that even exist, for one? I didn't look to see if that was a real thing. But if it's not, why did they do that? Why was that the choice? Um, And then uh, Hogan speaks French, which was a little annoying because I was like, oh, he's going to be able to do everything. Uh, But then the the waiter, uh, after the the cook comes out, he (laughs) says the line... Monsieur La Who? <laughs> it's such a this movie's so crazy. <laughs> uh, the that whole uh, encounter was just, uh, I was just like, what, what, what? <laughs> yeah, the the cage uh, fighting it had a it had a very like blood sport feel to it. Yeah. And, and a little uh, bit, a little bit. It, 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 there wasn't any rules, but it felt kind of like the the kumite kind of thing. 
only with yeah all professional wrestlers like the biker guy in Bloodsport. If all of the characters were like him, it was it was kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I, the scene that got me uh, thinking about Bloodsport was when his brother ended up in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. And he's by his side, and of course he wakes up, and that's when he decides he's going to take on Zeus. That's exactly um, right. And it was the biker yeah. guy who was hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and that's, so since we're at that scene, um, when his brother wakes up and starts crying and Hulk starts crying... <laughs> Oh my gosh! That was wrong. supposed to be serious, but I was it's laughing. No good. It's <laughs> no good, man. Uh, it was really overacted, and everything it in was, this movie. Although, if, if we're talking overacting, man, nothing tops like the CEO guy and the executive. Oh yeah, Brill. Oh yeah. my gosh, they were uh, every scene they were in. It was overreact, like overacted to a ridiculous degree. Yeah, I gotta give him kudos though. I'm, I'm not sure this term existed before this movie. Jockass. Does it exist now? <laughs> it exists. <laughs> he kept saying it, and I was like, "Is he meaning to say jackass?" <laughs> he did say that a whole lot, did he? <laughs> like it was this uh, awful thing that he could say. <laughs> You're just like, so, what, "What does that even mean?" <laughs> he wins points for coming up with the term. Jockass. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful, man. Plus, that was the guy from Ghostbusters, the the bad guy. So, mm-hmm. well, one of the bad guys from Ghostbusters two. Um, and yeah, I, um, I will mention though the two two people that uh, I recognize without any doubt. Right, one Jesse Ventura. Um, yep. he's in the movie. He has a very small part as an announcer, but, um, announcing with him is, um, mean Gene Okerlund. So, uh, yeah. we've got at least those two famous wrestlers that most of you are probably familiar with. It was really cool that he opened the movie. Mm-hmm. First voice you hear is mean Gene. Has Hulk Hogan always been bald? Balding? You know, <laughs> as long as I remember seeing him on TV... Yes, he's always had the kind of bald top with the long around. Um, I fought, I forgot that he he's basically always been a little thin on top. Yeah, I don't I don't ever remember seeing him with a full head of hair, but I'm sure at one time he had it. Hmm. It's just kind of part of his look. Yeah, no, that's his iconic look for sure. I want to talk about uh, the ending of this movie is a classic wrestling match mm-hmm. in the vein of Rocky, well, if well, it was a boxing movie. It's a, it's a classic wrestling match, except it's in an octagon, and yep. no holds are barred. That's right. Which means there's no rules. No rules. Rip, of course, wins the match. Mm-hmm. And the executive of the World Television Network ends, up, electric- scene. <laughs> ends up electrocuting himself. Do we think that Rip is has murdered these people? Because at the end of the movie, Zeus is laying on the ground. We're not sure if he's alive or not, and for it's, sure, it's very strongly implied that Zeus is killed. <laughs> okay, and Brel was just electrocuted by like how many ever many thousand volts of electricity? So right, he's dead. So here's here's my take on that. Um. 
you know, Braille, Braille electrocuted himself, right? Uh, Rip did not do that. He intimidated him. He busted the glass. He advanced on him like, doing his (laughs) Hogan animal noises. But he didn't actually ever touch the guy. He just backed up and stepped onto an electrical cord that he himself had ripped out and electrocuted himself and died. So I think he's out of, uh, he's out or in the clear, I guess, out of trouble Mm -hmm. for that one. Uh, As for Zeus, I think um, even though it looks like Zeus dies, I think uh, Zeus was supposed to live through that because um, it was billed that after this movie, there was going to be a wrestling match um, between Hulk Hogan and Zeus. And I remember this as a kid. And I think the idea was he, they were going to actually take the movie and kind of pseudo implant it into real life using the whole kayfabe thing and all that. So that's right. um, there, you know, I think they were planning on having this big rematch where they were going to wrestle, you know, in, in WWF. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if that match ever came to be or not. We can get into that later. But um, for that reason, I think uh, we can assume that he just knocked Zeus unconscious. Even though he had blood coming out of his mouth and was, you know, lying and not really moving. He fell off. 15 feet off of a ledge. On his back and so okay <laughs> but i'll say this too if if he did kill zeus i think it was justified because zeus literally tries to kill hogan during that match oh yeah yeah for sure he's, like, like he takes a jagged sharpened pipe and tries to stab him through the gut with it so one thing i wanted to mention um and that is the the interesting occurrence of sweat in this movie. <laughs> there are scenes, and, and I don't know if everybody noticed this. This may have just been a thing that I caught on to, but there are scenes where a person will be um, just normal as can be, you know, just uh, looking fresh, looking like they've had a shower, having a great day, and then a fight will break out, and they will throw one punch. And then the camera will cut back to them, and they are completely drenched and wet, <laughs> sobbing, soaking wet with just sweat pouring off of them like somebody just dumped a bucket of water on them. And it's not just in fights. It happens with the executives, especially the CEO guy, uh, in that final fight before the electrocution. Actually, I think that's part of why he gets electrocuted, because he's in there and he's normal, and then he just all of a sudden is just drenched. And there's water everywhere, <laughs> and I'm just like, what? What happened? How is how is this humanly possible? And it's He's a so common thing. <laughs> like I see it, like it's multiple times this happens. A guy is fine. The camera cuts. A second later, it cuts back, and it looks like the guy just got out of a swimming pool. Yeah, I know why they do it for like the wrestlers, like especially Hulk Hogan. Like he's always oiled up and sweaty because that accentuates his. Uh, bulging biceps and whatnot um the other people i'm not sure other than like brell for instance when he was in that uh 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 studio i guess he was just so worked up that he was flop sweating or something Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm not sure that one made a little less sense um but for sure i think the, the the wrestlers like 
they'll get oiled up and and sweaty just because it makes their muscles look more defined. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I don't I don't think that's what they were going for, but <laughs> maybe maybe it, they want just, you to know, know how how much people struggle when they actually fight. It's so bizarre, <laughs> and it, like I said, it wasn't even in the fights, right? Like. There were a couple of scenes where one of the, the executive team, like the, the lower level guys, they're sitting there and someone will ask a question. And I guess to show that they're nervous, it'll cut right back to them and they're just drenched. And <laughs> it's just like, well, what happened? <laughs> Somebody turned the air up. <laughs> like, <these> poor guys <laughs> are going to die of heat stroke. Well, I think we've uh, butchered this enough. Should we get into some Spice Awards? Yeah, let's do it. So the first category for No Holds Barred, and it's one we use a lot, Best Actor. Oh yeah, the Best Actor. Best Actor. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to level with you here, folks. I, I feel like I can probably speak for John here when I say that this one is not an easy choice. Um, as all of the acting across the board is just terrible. <laughs> would, uh, would you Indeed. agree with that? I would 100% agree with that. However, um, there is one person that I would say, while he doesn't do a good job acting, he does provide enough uh, entertainment value and leadership that leadership <laughs> that uh, it was a pick that I thought was sound. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's got to be Hulk Hogan. You say those words. However, the, the guy that you laughed at when he was crying because his brother was paralyzed. <laughs> Were you not entertained, sir? I was. I was okay. entertained. <laughs> he is such a. Despite the guttural, like animal instances where he goes berserk, mm-hmm. he is such a showman when he does the wrestling stuff. Mm. Like it's like he doesn't. That's it's true. like he's not even trying. And he uh, he does a really good job of keeping you engaged when he's uh, in the ring. Mm-hmm. Now, outside the ring, <clears throat> he probably needs some acting lessons. Um, he's uh, he's no when he's, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah, when he's trying to be serious or just normal, that's when he's at his worst. 
when he's in the ring and when he's going berserk, that's when he's the most entertaining. That's true. Yeah, that's definitely true. And you can tell and that's so, what he's used to, right? Like he, yeah. He, he's accustomed to that. Certainly. And, and while he's bad <laughs> in his normal state, well, unnormal state, normal, I don't know. While he's bad trying to act like a normal person, um, he makes up for it when he's in the ring and being weird. So that's why I had to give it to him. I couldn't think of anybody else that I was as entertained to watch in this movie. So mm. that is my choice for best actor. It's not a, it's not, it's not a bad, cho- well, I mean, it is a bad choice, but there's no good choices. <laughs> so among, <laughs> among what we've got, it's not bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got to work with what we got here, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, what did you come up with? <laughs> all right. So for me, I want to, I want to ask a question uh, to you, John, and to anyone who might be listening out there. Uh, are any of you guys fans of Supernatural, the TV show? Because because I am. I've not seen a single episode. Well, you need to watch it because it's a great show. Uh, in that show, uh, there is a character who... Uh, I don't want to go into too much detail, but it's a character who plays essentially uh, Lucifer on Earth. right? Luc- Lucifer the devil like possesses a man and uh, uses his body to do things on Earth. Uh the man who is Lucifer in that TV show is a guy named Mark Pellegrino. Uh, he's also famous for a number of other films, uh, such as, uh, you know, The Big Lebowski, small movie. He was in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Capote, Mulholland Drive. Just, uh, just name a few, you know. <laughs> but um, oh, he was in Lost. He played Jacob in Lost, for all you uh-huh. Lost fans out there. Uh, but you know, before all that, um, he really, can I interrupt you? Yeah. Yeah, please. I like how you are backing up your best actor pick by showing, <laughs> <laughs> listing other things this guy's been in than he's way better in. <laughs> See, before, before all that, before all of those, he really decided that he needed to rise up and shine in the movie No Holds Barred. Well, fine. Hey, don't touch me. Fine. Accident. Damn it, you kids. Let go of it. Well, what do we have here? Zeus converting rib fans. Great. That's what I like to see. We'll convert them all. <laughs> hey, we are not Zeus fans. Yeah, it's right. Rip's his brother. So... Rip's brother, my, my, what an honor. Isn't it an honor, guys? Yes, yes sir. Well, that makes you boys practically VIPs. Zeus loves VIPs. <laughs> That's right. Mark Pellegrino is in No Holes Barred, and he plays none other than Randy, Rip's brother. <laughs> and... um I want. I, I really made a big deal out of announcing him because if you haven't seen this movie and you go see it after watching this podcast, I want you to know who this is because it's going to make it a lot funnier, I think. Um, this, is, this is the guy. He gets paralyzed. He's always like walking up behind Hulk Hogan and kind of half flexing and looking just like a little person right next to him. <laughs> and, and I mean like literally like, like he's small and not – 
anywhere near Hogan's size. Not like he's, you know, short or anything. But um, <laughs> he has most of the drama in the movie uh, because he gets paralyzed. He keeps giving Hogan these these weird little ribbon signs. Which <laughs> oh my gosh, that signal! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, he gets kidnapped. He's it's man. There's really not a good choice here, y'all. I'm gonna be honest. So I just went with a character that I thought might work. <laughs> like Randy, Randy is one of the drama moments where he gets paralyzed and he's like giving Hogan or sorry Rip the strength to to beat Zeus with you know the the brotherly version of the USA chant in wrestling. Uh, so uh, that's that's the best I got for you. <laughs> there's there's no good actors in this movie. I'm certain Mark Pellegrino would like that movie removed from his uh, filmography. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to ask him about it. I bet he has some stories. Uh, honorable mention, though, I want to bring up Kurt Fuller, uh, who played Braille. Um, <laughs> that's the that's the main bad guy, the CEO bad guy. He, that that character is just horribly overacted and a cartoon and ridiculous but as a result he's a lot of fun to watch and make fun of so i want to give him some uh honorable mentions there jockass <laughs> yeah yeah uh before we move on we need to talk about the rip signal um all right the rip signal yeah it looks like he's having a stroke like it looks like he he's <laughs> about to up. do s- <laughs> and then i <laughs> He always goes woof when he does it. Yeah, yeah. And at the very last scene of the movie, the entire movie is a freeze frame of Hulk Hogan making the signal, mm-hmm. and he goes woof. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and yep. that's that sums up what I thought of the movie. And the, the <laughs> signal, I'm going to try to describe it because it's it's basically you take your hand right and you throw out your pinky and your thumb and then you, f- you fold the other three fingers in. And it's kind of like a surf symbol that kind of like I always kind of looked at it like, uh, like what the hang ten dude or like uh, it's like a telephone. Like if you make a telephone with your hand, <laughs> it's the same symbol, except he just holds it out and wiggles it a little bit, and that's the rip signal. All right, yeah. So I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. The, the rip signal. Um, most un- underrated performance. Mm. I thought. Well. This is similar to acting. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's not really a good choice. Um, so I went a little crazy, and I thought, how hard is it to go through an entire movie and not really have a single line of, uh, of uh, dialogue. comprehensible dialogue? Oh boy, this ought to be a winner. So I thought, why not pick Zeus? <laughs> Hear me out. Okay, okay, okay. 
for um, for a guy who uh, uh, comes into the movie and uh, you know he Thomas J. Wright is the director and he talks to Thomas and he says to Thomas, "What are my lines?" And Thomas says, "You don't have any lines. You just have to yell and scream the whole time." Mm-hmm. So that's got to be taxing. Like that's got to take a lot of effort to just yeah. Yeah. yell and and um, scream and <laughs> look menacing. So and also, I don't think his eyes were nor- crossed. So he had to cross his eyes whenever. Um, yeah, I, I've so. seen him in a lot of other things, and I'm pretty sure he might have a lazy eye, but I don't think it's near as bad as it is in this film. Like it was almost yeah. looks like it was exaggerated on purpose. All right, so for that reason, and for the fact that he basically played a more campy version of a Rocky villain, mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it to Zeus. He had, he was um, menacing. He was so strong and so bulked up that he couldn't even put his arms down. He always had them out like he was a robot. His his face was uh, interesting. One eye was crossed. He had a unibrow, but it didn't go all the way across. Like It was almost like a check mark. It was like a V. It was like a deep V. Yeah. <clears throat> um, he had this horrible backstory that he was a Used to be a wrestler, and then he ended up killing a kid and going to jail. How he got out of jail after murder, I don't know, he but did he time. did. And I think he did his time. I don't think he escaped. He, he, he did, did his, his time for murder? He was released, yeah. Well, it was murder in the ring, right? So it was probably manslaughter or something like that. Uh, okay. He killed a man while he was wrestling. All right. Well, I still say that the uh, people that evaluated him getting out of jail... They must have been paid off or something because obviously you look, take one look at Zeus oh, yeah. and talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you ought to not be in the public. Um, so that's my pick, Zeus. Oh, and, and so, when, he inter- when he introduces himself, he says, Zeus. Yeah, that's about the only thing he says <laughs> the whole movie. Yeah. He says a few yeah, other that things, is- but that's about it. Uh, about him, I wanted to talk about him. Uh, so the actor who plays him is Tommy Lister, um, who you probably don't recognize that name, but you know who this is. Um, mm-hmm. This is the guy who played Devo in the Friday movies. Uh, mm-hmm. He played the president in um, The Fifth Element. Um, he was in um, uh, he was in Little Mickey. He was in The Dark Knight. Um, he's been in a lot of stuff. You would definitely recognize this guy if you saw him. Um the the two things I can think of him the most known him the most for is the Fifth Element president and and Friday, um, but yeah he he's great <laughs> yeah he he's uh it, it's hard to believe that he played this guy um sit, knowing knowing him as the actor now seeing him you know after Friday and all these others all right what is what do you got all right so for me most underrated performance um. You know, I think I've got to go with a guy that was actually kind of hard for us to find because I was convinced that this character's name was Bubba because that's what they call him in the movie. They refer to him as Bubba. Uh, he is this backy chewing, uh, just 
epitome of a backwoods redneck crazy person that uh, I guess was acceptable to put on screen at the time. Like the first time you see him, he's chewing backy with his mouth just wide open, just <laughs> just slobbering and smacking. <laughs> and one of the executives turns and wants to ask him, excuse me, sir, what, do you know where the referee is? And he just goes and just <laughs> loads like... It looks like somebody took a super soaker filled with tobacco juice and just squirted it on this guy's shoes. <laughs> um, and uh, this dude, man, he had some of the best dialogue in the film. Um, he, uh, he had some of the best scenes in the film, as far as I'm concerned. Like Sheer genius, Mr. Brell. It smells like a hit. Gentlemen, Mr. Brell, 30 seconds. It's showtime. Well, if it ain't the teeny wangers. Teeny wanger. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You know, not long after you meet him, one of the, the CEO guy, he looks at him and he's like, hey, I'll give you like 50 bucks if you'll get in there and beat that guy up. And he just bails over. Like, he didn't think about it. He just bails, on, jumps on top of the guy and starts beating him up. Uh, a little bit later, one of my, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I might, no, no, cause that's not, I'm, that's not my best scene. Um, there is a scene where, uh, not long after they come to the bar, right? They have to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. and, uh, I want to make sure this isn't your best scene pick. It's not. Okay. So I want to bring this up because this is my second favorite scene and it involves this guy. So. Uh, that's why I'm bringing it up here. So they, there's a scene where they have to go to the bathroom. And um, it's the CEO stays and is watching the fight. And it's the two kind of underly guys who go in there. And they walk in and the bathroom is just gross. For some reason, there's a random dog tied up at the end of the bathroom. Um, <laughs> they have these horse trough urinals. That's what I call them. Where they're just like big toilets that stretch out and are low and just constantly have water running in them. So you just, there's no stalls. You just kind of shoulder up to each other and whiz in the urinals. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is the grossest thing I've ever seen. It's like <laughs> filled up and it's got scum growing on it. And it's this dark yellow. It's just so gross. <laughs> and then the other one is functional. And so they get in there and they start peeing next to each other and they start making fun of the people in the bar and uh, while they're doing it, uh, this guy, Bubba, who is his build is Neanderthal. It's Stan Hansen is the guy who plays this guy. He comes out of a stall, and you see his head come in between them while they're peeing. And he looks down at one of the guy's dicks. <laughs> <laughs> and then he turns, and he looks at the other one. And then he pulls back, and the two guys, they're, like, startled, and they turn and look, and they wind up peeing on each other, <laughs> it's because they're peeing at the same time. So, at first, they pee all over each other, and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then the guy's like, look at these tiny wangers. Or he says, teeny, <laughs> teeny wangers. <laughs> For the rest of the film, anytime he sees them, he's like, it's the teeny wangers. <laughs> it's just like... Like what are we watching? What? <laughs> yeah, he was gonna beat him up, and he, oh. but he says, "You ain't even worth it." <laughs> yeah, because of because of their teeny wangers. <laughs> but he, you know, he he winds up getting the crap beat out of him by Zeus. But 
he uh, he was my, one of my favorite parts of this movie, man. He's just so over the top and ridiculous, and it's just like <laughs> he just had no boundaries, right? He just was like, whatever, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, was he was a lot of fun. So that is my waiter. I liked him a lot. Uh, for sure, that is my second. That would be my second pick for favorite scene. Mm-hmm. That's my second uh, pick as well. It, it was great. Which is our it's next so category. Funny. And you never find out why the heck that dog's in the bathroom. It's just chained up back there. <laughs> oh, that bathroom. They were just like, what is the worst we can do? Because oh, they did a good job. Set designer the, gets an award for that bathroom. Uh, they, they, the director or whoever has told the set designer, like, just go wild. Because on the bathroom spray painted on the door, it said VD room. Yeah, the VD you room. Walk, yep. You walk in. <laughs> And it is the the like imagine a gas station bathroom but bigger but <coughs> like the teams. worst the worst version of that and yeah the one stall is full of just oh I don't know it, if it's pee it's, or like, it's not poop that's what's so bad about it it's they went the urine route which is not what yeah. I would expect yeah it's just this dark lemonade colored water with scum on the top like you can smell it when you see it it's so <laughs> just oh. Yeah. And then in the middle of it all, this crazy dude with backy all in his mouth just looks at these guys' dicks and calls them tingy wanger. <laughs> just, just like, what is happening? Yeah. Actually, props to the set designer, actually. Because yeah, most of the, the sets are, are done really well. And you know, they they there's no way they had a huge budget for this movie, right? Oh, yeah. So no he way. was probably not working with much and put this together regardless. Yeah. Okay, so Zeus was my pick for most underrated performance, Tony Lister, and yours was Stan Hansen, who played the Neanderthal. Mm-hmm. Which is confusing because I'm pretty sure they called him Bubba. A.K.A. Bubba. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, next category, best and or favorite scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously, like I said, if we're going the silly route, I would have picked the bathroom scene. Um, however, I really thought, honestly, that the last fight was really engaging. I, you know, and I agree 100% with you on that. I, I'm glad you said that. It, it was. Like, I couldn't. I, I got really into that fight. Yeah, and I think it goes to show that the Rocky uh, formula does work, even if you're not Rocky. (laughs) Um, As long as you have some charismatic, uh, entertaining characters involved. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, we've talked before, uh, Hulk Hogan's love interest gets kidnapped, his brother is paralyzed, and so he decides to fight Zeus in the octagon ring. Mm -hmm. And... He's been told to throw the fight, basically, after 10 minutes by Brel, who is the executive of WTN. Because they have his girlfriend hostage. Yep, that's right. Yep. And so he does, you know, he basically phones it in. He's trying to throw some punches, but he ultimately doesn't do much. He's getting the crap beat out of him. And um, the Samantha, she escapes the captain escapes cap- captivity 
very easily, I might I add. <laughs> that scene is um, one in itself too. <laughs> when she sneaks out and they chase her and she's in the elevator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, very, very uh silly. Um so she ends up at the at ringside. Randy's there in a full body cast <laughs> and a wheelchair. Uh, paralyzed. Paralyzed from the neck down and uh he He's in and out of consciousness because Zeus has been beaten up on him, <laughs> and he he sees Samantha, and so he gets a wind his wind, and he starts you know fighting Zeus a little bit harder because he knows that she's okay, um, but then he gets knocked down again, and then he sees his brother, his finger moves mm-hmm. uh, to indicate that maybe he he he's not going to be paralyzed for forever, and what does he do with his fingers? Does he make the rips? I, I think he makes the rips. Oh my gosh, I didn't notice that. <laughs> I think he does. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, well, there goes the seriousness of that. Um, I'm not 100%. Maybe he just wiggled them, but I sure thought I saw him make the, the ripper sign. Oh my, okay. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> the fight ends up outside the ring. Zeus has just gone crazy. Um, he's actually trying to kill people now. The Braille's inside the studio. He's ripping electronics apart for whatever reason. I don't know why. Um, he's really into the fight, too. And it all ends with, like, Braille dying from electrocution. Zeus get knocked off of this ledge, back down onto the ring. And, of course, Rip wins the day. He's the hero. But that whole fight was just really engaging. And I, I honestly was having a good time watching it. So, you know, I yeah, I agree. I'm the same way. Uh, I even I was looking at my notes, and in my notes, I specifically said, you know, this end fight is super cheesy, but I'm really entertained by it. <laughs> so, but it it was lessened a little bit by the uh, what you just told me. So, sorry, sorry, I was not trying that. to ruin the scene for you. <laughs> um, I, I know it's it's hard to not take this movie so seriously, but um, for my scene, um, there, <laughs> for my for my scene, I picked one that's a little less conventional, not as serious, not as dramatic. It, it's ridiculous. Um, so there's a scene where Hogan and his main love interest wind up sharing a hotel for the night. Side of the bed. How dare you? Hey, chill out. The bed broke. Save it, Rip. I'm not one of your ditzy groupies. You don't need this. You build bigger walls than I ever could. Where are you going? There's a couch in the lobby that has a better sense of humor than you do. Yeah, so, so Samantha, Samantha, and Rip uh, are, are staying the night in a hotel together, and um, this is I th- this is before she turned on him, right? This is when she was trying to get the information out of him, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm not really sure what exactly she was trying to get. Maybe she was just trying to influence him so that he would join the other network. But she was working for this yeah. other network, um, and Hogan didn't know that, and she was trying to be all, you know, seductive and everything. So they wind up in a uh, in a hotel room together. She has to go take a shower, 
And so Hogan, while while she's in the shower, Hogan gets some tape and runs it all the way across the room and then hangs sheets from the tape to divide <laughs> the room up so that they would be separated from each other, right? So that'll work. And uh, so they have to share the bed. So the sheet runs right down the middle of the bed, you know, hanging up on this basically like a clothesline kind of thing. And it's separating the two of them. And, uh, you know, she's frustrated because she's, you know, she's kind of trying to to work her angle. But at the same time, she's not like it's kind of confusing because she's not really coming on to him. Um, but at the same time, like she kind of is. I don't know. It's it's odd. Yes. But her anyway, motivations weren't clear. Even, yeah. 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 Because it like it sounds like she was doing it there on purpose later on, but during this scene, it looks like sh- she's very uncomfortable by her rip. So it, it's confusing. But yeah, um, <laughs> so in the, first he he puts up this sheet and then he strips down to like these man panties, and I'm not joking. <laughs> they're literally like man panties. They're they're like, <laughs> they're like thong speedos that are pink or red. I don't remember. Uh, my my consciousness has already <laughs> rejected this image, but um, so he he strips down to these, and then he gets in the bed, and she gets in the bed, and a little bit of time passes, and all of a sudden the bed on Hogan's side starts going <laughs> and vibrating up and down, and the the Samantha's on the other side, and she's like, "What is going on?" Because she starts bouncing around, and it wakes her up. <laughs> <laughs> it starts getting a little faster. Just <laughs> I wonder what they were implying. <laughs> it's, it's an obvious masturbation implant <laughs> uh, that they're uh, innuendoing there. <laughs> she like flings the sheets over to say like, "What are you doing?" And he's doing push-ups with his uh, with his feet on the bed. His, his hands are on the ground and his feet are on the bed, and he's doing push-ups like <laughs> super fast. <laughs> And so she freaks out, and all of a sudden the bed breaks, and she winds up on top of him while he's wearing these panties. <laughs> and it's just the scene had me rolling. I was I, I just didn't even know what I was watching. I was like, this is the most confusing thing because like they the, this whole the whole movie they Bill Hogan or Rip as this like you know super integrity filled Boy Scout type honor guy, you know. Who only wants the bad guys. But when it comes to him and Samantha, like it's so weird, you know? Uh like like the scene in the boardroom where that you first see her, right? He's like oh, yeah. eyeing her like he's a coyote and she's a steak. <laughs> like he's, it's so overacted and obvious. He's like, oh, oh. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's you just, think uh a man with his integrity would have gotten a different room or yes. <laughs> uh, slept on the floor. Instead, he tries to act like he is doing something kind. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, and I want to I want to add that yeah, he starts off in these like uh, really short cut red shorts, and then he winds up in the in the panties. <laughs> there, and That's I think important. they are. They're, they're, I think it's a pink thong. Yeah, very. Important. I'm not even joking. So, <laughs> anyway, that's my that was my favorite scene because it it really like literally had me laughing out loud because I just I was so taken aback. I did not expect it. So, um, short of the whole ridiculous masturbation scene, uh, one thing that this scene reminded me of was Temple of Doom, 
Really? Um, do you recall in Temple of Doom where they're, they were at um, Pancot Palace and um, Indiana Jones is in one room and What's-Her-Face is in the other room and they keep dis- trying to decide if one of them's going to go over to the other room? Yes, yeah. And that was the exact scene right before she comes out of the bathroom. She's listening at the door and he's coming over and listening at the door to see if, and they're trying to decide, you know, cause they obviously like each other. Um, they're trying to, you know, kind of feel each other out in that way. That mm-hmm. reminded me of Temple of Doom. But anyway, I, I didn't catch that, but that's interesting. <clears throat> and Temple of Doom was 84, right? Mm, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yep. Temple Doom was 84, so this was 89. That would make sense. I'm going with it. Oh, I'm with it. Uh, my pick was the last fight in the octagon ring, and Matt's pick was the bedroom scene. Mm, yes. <clears throat> uh, moving on. Worst line of dialogue. There's a so, uh, <laughs> lot to choose from here, John. Yes, uh, every other line of dialogue is probably a candidate. Um, but one stuck out to me <clears throat> in particular. Um, it's supposed to be a serious scene, uh, mm-hmm. but it is just really bad dialogue. So mm-hmm. um, I think it takes the cake. There is a moment where Samantha and Moore um, is attacked by a man on a motorcycle. Uh, <laughs> yep, yep, well, yep. well, he's not on a motorcycle. He attacks her. Um, but he basically tries to rape her, I think, because yeah. her clothes are tattered and she's she's hurt and crying. A rape is uh, very strongly insinuated, yes. Yes. And so he... He tries to finish the job, but Rip shows up on his motorcycle, and the guy gets on his motorcycle. Did he get it on a motorcycle? Or yeah, he gets on his motorcycle motorcycle first. Yeah, yeah, I think. And then there's a short motorcycle chase. Yeah, motorcycles (laughs) Uh, are involved. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So Rip comes back to check on Samantha. Um, so for one, I wouldn't think he would chase her, but. Or he would chase him. I think he would stay with Samantha, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So he comes back and to check on her, and she's crying next to a vehicle. He comes down off his motorcycle, kneels down, and he says, I hate it when you're hurt or scared, you know? And that just it was not... Um, it's it's not bit, what I expected. <laughs> it's not what I expected him to say. Uh, probably I expected him to say something more along the lines of, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, instead he just goes into, you know, I hate it when you're hurt or scared. Rip them, brother. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, yeah, that just, I, I put that down in my notes because it just was so bad to me. Mm-hmm. So I can't help but smile hearing your answer because mine is extremely similar, actually. <laughs> um, it's a scene that is in the midst of a comedy of errors that is supposed to be, I think, like emotionally touching and, and kind of like poignant. Is that the word? Sure. <laughs> but it just doesn't fit and it winds up being ridiculous. All right. So I'm going to take you back. I'm going to take you back to my favorite scene of the bedroom scene. Okay. Now throughout this scene, you're seeing Hulk Hogan dance around in very short cut red shorts um, and pink, essentially panties uh, and shirtless. Like it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, There is a masturbation joke. Um, The, (laughs) the sheets are hung. The bed falls. She rolls over on top of him wearing his man panties. And uh, I I think Hulk cracks a joke or something. And she gets just, she's mad, right? Mm -hmm. She is just angry that she is wound up on top of Hulk Hogan in this manner. Yes. And uh, Hogan looks at her. And in the middle of all of this ridiculousness, right after he was doing these push-ups and she thought he was over there, you know, masturbating. He goes, you built bigger walls than I ever could. Because <laughs> she said something about, I think it was something about the wall that he used to divide the room. Like, this stupid sheet, this wall you put up. And he's like, you built bigger walls than I ever could. And I was just like, where did that come from? <laughs> this guy who said nothing but... <laughs> it's like... Getting all, getting all like in the in the fields, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, how could well, she you put up these deep emotional walls that the, the ripster can't get through? <laughs> <laughs> well, he. It was, just, uh, it was just out of nowhere, man, and it, it got me. <laughs> he gets so put out because she lands on him because the bed breaks, and she gets so upset and uptight about it, and he's just laughing it off, and he. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Ugh!" <laughs> and it's just out of nowhere. Just you put bigger walls up than I ever could, and I'm just like, "What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Rip? Are you okay?" I have some uh, honorable mentions that are more—they're not bad lines of dialogue necessarily because I think oh, they're yeah, funny. They are. I'm sure. They um, are. <laughs> but uh, for uh, we t- talked about this one, uh, jock ass. Jockass. Yep. He says, uh, "I want that jockass on this network." That's uh, <laughs> what uh, Brell says at the beginning of the movie. Um, and then when he invites Rip to uh, try to negotiate, uh, Rip takes the check and stuffs it down Brell's throat, and he says, "I won't be around when this check clears." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh. The insinuation is that he's going to swallow the check and then poop it out later. Yep. Uh, if you didn't catch that. We, uh, we can't forget the teeny wangers. Yep. Teeny wangers. Uh, doogie. Oh, that's that's probably the most famous line in this movie, actually. Yeah. Doogie. That clip's <laughs> all over YouTube, by the way. Even if you don't it's watch every- this movie, you should go watch that scene. Yeah, it's everywhere. 
and then uh, the French waiter that says Monsieur La Who. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so worst line of dialogue. Mine was, I hate it when you're hurt or scared, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt's was, you built up bigger walls than I ever could. Yeah. Last category of the Spice Awards, favorite tough guy. So for me, it has to be Lugrinch Perkins. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course it has to be Lugrinch Perkins. <laughs> like, I'm not even um, going to answer because this is the obvious answer. Yeah. He's just like a um, tank of a man. Cartoon villain. Well, villain. I say villain. He's probably a good guy, but they go to this industrial facility. So for one, what employer lets this world television network film a competition inside your industrial facility? So, yeah, and and to preface this, where we meet Lugrange, he's a very minor character, right? He only shows up for like 20 seconds tops. Yeah. But this happens after the uh, the no-holds-barred octagon fighting that the the evil bad CEO Braille has started, starts getting popular. And so they start, you know, Zeus is the champion. Everyone wants to fight Zeus. And so th- we see this through the episode of one of the shows where they are at this steel factory and lug wrench has challenged zeus and zeus has decided to fight him uh, in his home turf right and that's where we're introduced to him and this facility just has fire spewing everywhere there are uh dirty guys <laughs> stick hanging around um like things are thrown around disheveled and i've been in an industrial complex like mm-hmm. There, there is fire, but it's contained. It's not like spewing out into the, into the air. And things are generally put together because if it's not, someone's going to die. So it's a weird setting, for one. It's an interesting setting. And again, the set designer did a really good job. Uh, but still, it makes no sense. Uh, but you got Lugrinch Perkins, who has this huge, huge wrench. And he's going to fight Zeus. And he really doesn't do a good job. Uh, he gets taken down fairly quickly. But just the visual of this guy and, uh, you know, that wrench, mm-hmm. it's just like... it's Yeah, they never really explain why, but Lug Wrench gets to fight with his wrench. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't help him any. So. Zeus is barehanded, but Lug Wrench has the wrench. Yeah. No holds barred, man. So that's, that's my pick is Lug Wrench Perkins. Yeah, that's mine as well. Uh, that, that's why I jumped in on yours because it's it's the same pick. He he was he was the most fun of the tough guys to watch, uh, even though he was just there for a second. Just seeing him fighting with that big old lug wrench, he uh, yeah, he he stole my heart, John. <laughs> yep, he did mine as well. All right, so why don't we move on into Did you know who who why what what. And we don't have a lot yeah, yeah. for this. preface this one. <laughs> yeah. There's not um, a lot on this movie. You would think there would be, but information is just not readily available for this one. I just think people don't care. I mean... I think more people should care, John. <laughs> well, we are adding to the uh, knowledge base for this movie 
because we are going to put this out into the ether and people may or may not listen to it. Um, so this movie was produced by Hulk Hogan and WWF uh, president Vince McMahon. Um, the movie was distributed by New Line Cinema. Uh, however, who the person that wrote this movie, um, what was his name? Dennis Hacken. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, submitted his script and McMahon and Hogan disapproved of the script. And so, as would indicate the quality of this film, um, they went into, they stayed in a hotel for three days and rewrote the entire script. So, I can't imagine what the original script was like, but I gotta hope that it was better than what they produced in three nights in a hotel in Florida. You know, we'll never know. The world will never know. (laughs) Um, some of the action, uh, got a little, uh, too real, um, during the filming. Um, this was another one of those where there were uh, a number of accidents on the set. Uh, in one scene, Hulk Hogan accidentally actually broke Zeus's nose. Um, and there was another scene where Hogan, um, was, uh, with some broken mirrors and uh, the mirrors, when they broke, they were actual glass mirrors, and they sliced his hands open. Mm. So, um, a couple of actual injuries on this movie. You know, we of all the episodes we've done, several of them have had facts where someone has gotten injured. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess that's somewhat of a common occurrence. Um, we mentioned early on that um, Tommy Lister was brought... He was basically, after the movie came out, he was going to be marketed as an opponent in WWF for Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and he a pay-per-view act- uh, map. Mm-hmm. Or match. Pay-per-view map. Yep. Uh, so at SummerSlam, he had a tag team match. Uh, Hulk Hogan and Brutus Beefcake uh, went up against Randy Savage and Zeus. Um, um, is that right? Yep. Okay. Um, I think he was eliminated by disqualification. No, yep. You're right. You are right. Yep. Um, Sorry. And so that match happened. However, there's a rumor that um, had the movie been successful, which it was not, if you had to guess, um, for WrestleMania six, the main event would have been a fight between Hulk Hogan and Zeus. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that's true, that's obviously a rumor, so maybe that's not even true, but that would have been so, quite I've interesting. I've heard that they, that actually happened. Um, it was billed as No Holds Barred, the match, the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was a pay-per-view that took place in December 27th, 1989. Mm-hmm. Um, the The program was the movie, which the, the at that point in time, the movie was still in theaters. So they actually showed the movie as part of this pay-per-view. And then mm-hmm. after the movie, they showed a match that had been pre-recorded um, between Hogan and Zeus, I believe. Well, that was the uh, tag oh, yeah, you're team right. match. That was the, uh, <clears throat> the, the tag team match. But um, yeah. it's interesting because that was, uh, you know, showing a movie on pay-per-view when it was still in the theater was a pretty novel idea at that time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pay-per-view movies were usually well after the theater release. 
something else I wanted to mention that I thought was kind of interesting was that No Holds Barred, when it debuted, it, uh, it debuted at number two in the box office. Um, it grossed a total of uh, $4.9 million in ticket sales on its opening weekend. Uh, the budget was about $8 million, so it, it didn't do great. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, because of distribution fees and things, I think the final gross was around $16 million, so they didn't really lose money. Um, that said, uh, do you know what beat it out? Since it was number two at the box office, what do you think was number one at the box office? In 1989? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Boom. They opened the same weekend. Hopefully it beat it handily. I'm, I'm sure it did. I'm sure that it did. <laughs> yeah, absolutely sure. Wow. Talk about a quality difference. <laughs> we mentioned Thomas J. Wright has done a bunch of TV series. Uh, just wanted to include Supernatural... Twilight Zone, the 1986 version, Beauty and the Beast, the early 90s, late 80s live action show, Max Headroom, and the list goes on and on and on. Uh, He's done a lot of TV directing, but he's only directed two movies. One is this movie. The other was uh, his first uh, movie called Torchlight, and I don't know. I had never heard of it. Something that I, uh, I thought was interesting but that was done purposefully. Um, You know, this was a movie that WWE was a part of. Vince McMahon, who was the owner of, of, sorry, WWF, um, you know, he he was one of the producers of the movie. He he helped write the script. He was mainly, very prominently featured. This movie was an obvious attempt to exploit uh, Hogan's fame at the time. Uh, You know, at that point in time, Hulk Hogan, he was one of the most famous people around. Um, even to this day, you're going to be hard-pressed to find someone who hasn't heard the name Hulk Hogan. Um, and so they were trying to capitalize that. This was before it was a thing where wrestlers moved into movies. You know, Hogan was really the first one to do that. Um, maybe Jesse Ventura. I'm not sure what the uh, what the Predator timeline was there, because Ventura was in Predator, right? Yep. Yeah, so he did some acting. But um, Hogan was one of the first superstars to move that direction. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's kind of interesting that, um, when, when that happened, it being a wrestling movie with Hulk Hogan, they decided to change his name to rip, change his catchphrases, change all of his signals and his colors and his finishing moves and make him a new wrestler. Right. I I thought that was interesting that they made that decision. Um, it was very conscious. They, they didn't want him to be Hogan and I'm not sure why. Yeah, and it's even further because, you know, the World Wrestling Federation was mentioned. I mean, they weren't hiding anything as far as that goes. Um, The only thing I can think of is maybe they didn't want to, uh, you know, tarnish the image of Hulk Hogan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe they they knew that this wasn't um, a great... uh, had the potential of not being a great movie. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that, you know, had had Hogan been a lot, or had he been a star nowadays or like in the rock era, he would have been, ended up being a big movie star, I think. Um, but as it was, he only did a few films and none of them ever did very well. Um, 
So, of course, I don't know. I mean, I think possibly, yeah, hundred percent. The Rock is more charismatic and a better actor. Um, but if you had given Hogan, Hogan some acting lessons, maybe he could have done the same thing. Yeah, and, you know, something else I wanted to mention was, you know, this being that this came out around '89. Um, that, I mean, I would have been around nine years old at that point in time. Um, I, I knew what wrestling was. I wasn't a huge wrestling fan. I certainly know who Hulk Hogan was. Um, but I can remember to this day the buzz that this movie had. Like, this movie had big-time buzz around my demographic, right? Which would be, I guess, boys to teenagers um, who are, are wrestling fans in general, right? Um, thinking back at it, like, I remember all kinds of, uh, you know, advertisements for it and and trailers i remember being excited i never got to see the movie because my parents wouldn't take me um thank you mom and dad for that one but um, <laughs> you know it, it's interesting looking back because this movie it was really really marketed and, and set up like a big deal yeah and it i mean wrestlers didn't cross over to movies like that's not a thing and if they you did know, they were in really small bit parts something else i want to credit this movie for is the uh you know the for those of you who don't know the the wrestler the wrestling world has this um the concept of kayfabe which is um essentially it's kind of like method acting right it's like once you're in character it, you are always in character right and you'll have to forgive the audio it's it's storming here so we've got thunder going on in the background um but um this movie really kind of pioneered i say pioneered it it, it had a, an idea that i haven't really seen since and that is taking a movie and pulling it into reality, right? Having this this Hulk Hogan versus Zeus matchup in the movie and then extracting that and making it an actual event in a wrestling ring, I think that idea right there deserves more credit than it gets. Like, that was really neat. Yeah. Well, do we have any additional thoughts before we close out tonight? So, closing thoughts for me. Um, you know, this movie's bad, but at the same time, it's really good. Um, this is, this is almost a prime example of a movie that's so bad. It's good. Um, it, it, it's silly. It's ridiculous. It's over the top. It's overacted. Uh, the plot is trash. The writing is trash, but because of that, the movie's awesome. Uh, and I, I want to recommend it. If you're interested at all in this movie, I want you to watch it, but you need to watch it knowing what you're getting yourself into. And that is a bad movie that's just awfully good. You know what I mean? Mm. It, it, it's mm. awful and good. It's so bad it's good. <laughs> awfully good. That's terrible, but it's all I got. Nice. <laughs> uh, I won't go that far. Uh, I don't think I could re- necessarily recommend it. Um, I think it is almost so bad it's good. But I think... Um, there are just too many moments that are just really bad. Um, it, I, I agree. It's not well, well written. It's not well acted. Um, there are hints of funny, there, there are funny moments. There are entertaining moments and it's almost, it's really close to being a bad movie. That's good. Um, but just not quite there for me. Um, I would say 
set expectations for yourself if you're going to try to oh, watch absolutely 100 um, that's in, it's crucial or you're gonna hate it yeah the one takeaway that i got from this movie was that hulk hogan is a showman and this movie knew how to do wrestling matches um everything else was kind of yeah oh, okay so that's going to be our episode for tonight join us in two weeks uh, we will be finishing up our series on Gremlins. We will review the movie Gremlins 2, The New Batch. Oh, I can't wait for that one. <laughs> uh, starring Zach Galligan. Um, you can subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate that. Um, head on over to cinemamenpodcast.com to check out new and old episodes. We love to hear from listeners. So if you have a suggestion or want to give us your take on a movie, you can email us at feedback at cinemamenpodcast.com. I'd also want to mention that I didn't have the email stuff set up properly previously, so if you did email us, I probably didn't get it. So just in case we had a listener that tried to email, um, you can email us again, and I for sure will get it this time. Thanks for listening. Most people